0: Arnold Goes to Kindergarten, Tom Hanks cast away in the thrilling conclusion of the Meeting the Parents saga. This week on 302010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Thirty Twenty Ten, the Later Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Each week, celebrating the anniversaries of uh, movies, television, video games, music, and more. And I am off my game this morning, but I'm going to get back into it because this not is not
1: morning. This is so... a very
0: exciting week. <laughs> well,
1: that, really off.
0: If you just if you wake up in the late evening, then yes, it is. But uh, that's what happens when your cats wake you up at five a.m. and you try and stay awake the whole day. It's not going to happen for me without coffee. Hi, everyone. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thirty Twenty Ten. If you don't know, we. Uh, look back at some of our favorite pop culture of the past from 30 and 20 to 10 years ago of this very week so open three little portals from the week of december 18th to the 24th and we'll see what we were doing 30 20 and 10 years ago hi i'm one of your hosts chris antista who else is with us
2: uh i'm diana goodman and i love to sing and that is i hit solar plexus in step nose groin (laughs) and who else it's me sarah and
1: i literally was going to say the same thing Uh, yes but instead i will say My dad's a gynecologist. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, I have a feeling I missed watching one of the major movies this week and I'm I'm regretting it already. As always, I got to tell you guys right at the top this show is executive produced by Ronald Hayden and many other fine folks at patreon.com/lasertime supporting not only 302010 this very show, the entire Laser Time network. You can become an executive producer. Uh, find out over there at la- patreoncom time We can't thank you guys enough and uh, thank you for uh, helping us have a happy holiday in addition to yourselves. So we will have plenty of fun Christmas stuff up for you over the break so please do enjoy it anyway let's move on 30 2010 we look back 30 20 and 10 years ago into the past of movies tv and more we're at december 18th to the 24th this week so let's start with 1990 december 18th to the 24th uh and then <laughs> news that only diana can explain is i was 10 slovenians vote for independence this yay. Week. yay that no, sounds it's, good
2: it's, uh, soviet union's breaking all apart man and uh melania trump's probably happy because <laughs> she's slovenian and she was i don't know eight at the time whatever <laughs> um, yay no we no we we've got a lot of soviet breakup news oh coming up over the next year or so uh, which i'm going to talk about pretty extensively next week so we have a, well, a timely film breaking up is hard to do
0: indeed especially it when is. your uh your dictator won't allow it and oh well, speaking of getting together not about breaking up yet Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, Mary this week. where, where, where's far and away in the timeline here. Have we seen that still already? Still coming. Okay, still yeah, coming. Yeah, we haven't
1: gotten there yet. Which, in Tom Cruise news, by the way, Cruise news, it's my segment. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I just heard a clip that I, on Twitter that got released of him screaming at the crew on Mishpash 7 oh, no. because they weren't adhering to covid protocols
0: Ooh, i was gonna say yeah. i bet he looks good even, he even was, when he's screaming at the crew
1: i mean like i could love him more you know <laughs> I mean, what like,
0: are we doing here i mean <laughs> just exasperated he's come on
1: f-bombs he's calling people motherfuckers Whoop. it's i have not heard this at all Ooh. i'll send it to you guys it's wild so you i don't know- i don't know if
2: i've ever heard him angry i've heard him like personally upset and offended, you know, about
1: like Scientology stuff, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. more smug. You haven't seen him. The like guy like squirted him in the face. Right. Angels. The guy yeah. squirting him. with
0: That's the maddest you've ever seen him.
1: That's scary. Yeah. Like when he did mm-hmm. that, why would you that, do that this? frightened to me. His why would you reaction do this? to that is, "Why would you do that? No, no, really." No, 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 and he's like, don't, like smiling. Don't, don't walk oh. away. Don't walk away. <laughs> Chilling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell the biggest movie star in the world why you squirt him in the face.
1: <laughs> but uh, this is pretty cool. Ooh. Anyways not related to his marriage at all but yes good for or is it <laughs> mm-hmm. I do have to say one of my favorite things to look at on the internet too are the pictures of Nicole Kidman leaving her lawyer's office after the divorce is final mm-hmm. they're pretty great you got to look them up
0: they made it uh, 11 years good for them and you know yeah, that's pretty good yeah pretty good. 9/11 was hard on everybody so let's I just mean, let's go ahead and blame them
1: Biggest celebrity couple in the world until probably Brad and Jen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I would only say like with a side of – it sucked a few years ago we were trying to contextualize like Burt Reynolds. Like at this period, yeah. I heard about him every day and not from any of his work. Through mm-hmm. It was through his marriage catastrophe. And Elizabeth Taylor, they were in the news every day. So there was these young movie stars getting married that were like kind of gaining ground with whatever my 10-year-old version of the tabloids was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But yeah, congratulations to Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. May you be forever. Uh, Ageless millionaires. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now we can move into the movies of 1990, December 18th to the 24th. Uh, I thought it would slow down, but my word... uh, Oh my god, I remember all these very, very well. Uh, at, least there are, at least there are video store posters. Home Alone is number one this week at the box office, but we also have a new contender. Yeah. It's,
2: mm. it's going to stay there so long that when it drops out, we'll make a point of shouting it out, because it's wow. been there for about a month now.
0: This is going to be yeah. the black-eyed peas of 1990
1: cinema. Yeah, it's just going to keep going. God I damn just, it. I just bought it on Blu-ray, actually. I'm starting to get converted to back into physical media, and yeah.
0: Even even when I gave you access to my new digital archive. Unbelievable, Sarah. Uh, which has Home Alone in it. Uh, Home Alone still number one in the box office. And as I watched this year, very good. Uh, Almost an Angel is out this week. Paul Hogan, Elias Koteas. Uh, How do you say that?
2: There he is again. I'm pretty sure it's Coteas, but Cotillas. I could be wrong. Linda G- Kuzlowski, and did that same thing last week. I
0: remember this movie poster being in the stores for a very, very long time. Oh, I could be confusing it for Heaven Can Wait and We're No Angels, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. Heaven can wait. It's got a really similar one to the the award uh, baby. Heaven can wait poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Paul Hogan's trying to break out of the crocodile Dundee stuff, and no one really cares. They just like crocodile Dundee. And so when he's like a burglar, and then like he gets his second chance, and he's got to like do good stuff to become an angel. And
0: uh, oh and... goodness, fair... I feel like that
1: should have been a TV
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that we, yeah. we were still alive in a time when angels were huge. Oh, yeah.
1: Touch by an Angel is, you know,
0: huge. about to hit its heyday. But, uh, I man, I you know what? I had this written down as a distinct memory, and maybe now I know why. An adaptation of a book that even my young self had noticed, like, this is in every house I'm going to that has adults in it. And, <laughs> and they're all talking about it, and I don't know anything about it. It sounds boring as shit, but its movie adaptation comes along, like, five years later Uh, what do we got here Morgan Freeman Saul Rubinick Kim Cattrall Melanie Griffith Bruce Willis and Tom Hanks in Bonfire of the Vanities
2: he's a Wall Street tycoon she's his Fifth Avenue mistress they're in the right car taking a wrong turn
3: Sherman Sherman
2: I'm a reporter craving a story.
3: This is Peter Fallow,
2: the Hasby. In a city hungry for headlines.
3: How did I get to be so important? You're not important. Just dinner.
2: I'm the one who's
3: driving the car,
2: Just sit back and watch the sparks fly. Go
3: get
0: him! The Bonfire of the Vanities. Rated R. Starts Friday, December 21st at a theater near you. Mm, uh, Brian De Palma adaptation of a Tom Wolfe book from just a few years ago. Yep.
2: And, oh, my God. Okay, first interesting thing. I did not know that it was adapted by a playwright named Michael Christopher. And I was like, do I know that name? That's kind of familiar. He played, like, the super corporate bad guy on Mr. Robot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's Philip Price. Was oh like, oh, God. shit. Good for him. Not really. This movie is fucking awful. Ugh, oh, it is no
1: good. And I've it's seen it. rough. Yeah. I saw it before because Sam... Sam doesn't like this. It's not like Sam thinks it's a good movie, but he has a lot of fondness for it because I think it was one of those on HBO all the time situations for him. Sam grew up hating
0: cartoons and children's entertainment, so at 10, he was watching Premium Cable, and I'm sure he watches this every day. Yeah,
1: (laughs) basically, yes. And so I've seen it before, and I watched it again a little bit actually right before we started recording to refresh myself, and oof, oof, oof. No good. No good. And that, that's, no,
0: that's really no. strange because there's like like everybody here is seemingly at the height of their powers and like the world completely turned... This was a punchline for a very long time.
1: Yeah. You know, a big, I, I just feel like everybody, every actor is doing their most annoying part of themselves. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. Melanie Griffiths really doing this like dumb blonde, like high pitch voice thing and Tom Hanks is doing this like incredible rube thing and Mm. then this you know bruce willis is doing this cool guy thing and it's all really annoying (laughs) yeah and i it feels like
2: everybody's miscast yeah i mean tom hanks in particular is pretty miscast because he's supposed to be this like upper crust blue blood type guy which is like look the man has range he could do it but maybe not this young to pull it off he's so Uh, baby face yeah and i I feel like griffith is okay but it's also hard to believe that like everyone would tank their lives for her a bit hey,
0: come now 1990 I just... the working girl
2: yeah i know i know <laughs> but so uh this is a movie well actually we should say what it's about so yeah, yeah it's adapted from the the tom wolf book and uh tom hanks and his mistress melanie griffith are like fancy new york society people Uh, They accidentally do a hit and run on a black kid in the Bronx, and it becomes a big scandal. And there's all kinds of scandalous stuff about, you know, racial tensions in the city and policing and uh, privilege and money. And, you know, it should be really interesting and timely. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, Uh. it plays like a cartoon caricature of all these things. Mm. Like it's it's I mean, it's satire, but it's not played like it is. Mm -hmm. and oh boy this movie has an entire book about the making of it that i recommend very highly compared to watching the movie the devil's candy by julie salomon was uh she had full access she was there like through the casting through everything and she was writing about like the producers are doing this and de Palma's getting bored and he wandered off during editing and they're doing this and and then They realize, oh, the ending isn't working. Uh, Let's bring in a judge to tell everyone what to do. Oh, but how about we get Alan Arkin? He's pretty cheap. No, uh, how about we get, oh, we should get a black guy. And that way that'll paper over all the the racial tension stuff. So Morgan (laughs) Freeman will just show up at the end and tell everyone to behave themselves. And good wins the day. (laughs) And it's like, what the
1: fuck? It's, yeah, it's dreadful. And you're absolutely right that it is supposed to be a satire. And that's what Tom Wolf does. That's what he writes really well. I actually would really like to read this because mm. I do enjoy his writing. This is, misses the mark. It, Very badly. It, it either doesn't go far enough or it goes too far. Like there's, it did not hit the sweet spot of satire. It I'm just, sure
0: it can, there's, there's I, I never read unpleasant. the book, but what I'm trying to, reiterate to people this is like this book was fucking everywhere every i wasn't i'm still not aware of the story but everybody other adult in the world was so when they go in and like tom hanks is uh every man tom hanks is playing the aristocrat blue blood (laughs) like yeah
3: Yeah.
0: yeah it wasn't it's not just that it didn't review well. It still had name recognition that should have made a little bit of money, but like, Jesus Christ, this made like no money. Made a quarter of its money back and it's not like a special effects movie. (laughs)
2: Nope. But it also went way over budget with all mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, mostly De Palma doing crazy shit. Like, we're going to have a really long tracking shot because I'm Brian De Palma and I love those and it's going to take like two weeks to get
1: it right when we could be doing other shit.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, Yeah,
1: and it's just at the beginning where yeah. you haven't really established any characters, so you don't even really know what you're looking at. It's a waste. Yeah.
0: He tried to pull. A, cool. He tried to pull Snake Eyes cool. ten years too early.
1: It no,
2: yeah, Bonfire of the Vanities, big fat no. So disappointing. This is like this is ripe for a remake. Like you could remake the book. Yes, do it right. Yes, definitely. <sighs> yeah, actually,
3: this uh, probably is due
0: for a remake. If only, uh, yeah, Tom Wolf is yeah. no longer with us to champion it. And then But the next movie Boy does it hold up To the test of time Um, (laughs) Carol Baker Linda Hunt Pamela Reed Penelope Ann Miller And Arnold Schwarzenegger In Kindergarten Cop John Kimmel Is an undercover cop Assigned to find A mother and son
2: This is the only picture
0: We have of him Before a killer does
2: You gotta handle this
3: Like any other police situation He's been trained to fight But there are some things You mean you need Other people's lunches Stop it! He's never been trained to handle Arnold Schwarzenegger, they're walking all over me. Is Kindergarten Cop
0: an Ivan Reitman film rated PG 13? Woo! Ivan Reitman, the current king of comedy. <laughs> Kindergarten mm-hmm. Cop. And, and I just wanted to, that anecdote, I remember this being, A, I saw this movie three times in the theater. I believe Whoa, that was a record. Wow. And Super it was, bad. it's the first movie I can remember being in a theater alone, uh, or sorry, with no adults. Um, mm-hmm. I was allowed to do that for some reason. And then when I look like, oh, Bonfire of the Vanities was out, and maybe that's why my parents. Uh-huh. Kicked me and uh, and Steve into the other theater to watch Kindergarten Cop. That's the first theater I. My friend who was way more savvy, mature than me met girls, and we were sitting next to girls we'd never met, and I was such a noivous little boy. Uh, yeah. blonde girl named Melissa. I can't remember what she looked like because I was afraid to talk or look at her. And Aww. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kindergarten Cop. I've seen a bunch. I I've seen. I saw it so many times at an impressionable age. I have it pretty much memorized. Watching it again was. Wonderful, just because I haven't really watched it unedited all the way through in about twenty years. Uh, I had a great time with it. It is way more violent than I remember. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it opens yes. up like a a real Arnold movie, which is strange because Arnold's done a ton of comedies and against type stuff now. But this is really his first since becoming a movie well, since Conan. second. Which one? What's since the first? Twins. twins? Oh, since twins. twins. You're right.
2: Yeah, right. he's reteaming with Ivan Reitman, who worked so well in Twins. He's so it's well like, twins. yeah, they're, Ivan Reitman knows how to handle him in yeah. in comedy because he's done other comedies. And we see, oh, he doesn't do as well
3: mm. at all.
1: Yeah, this is this definitely holds up. I just rewatched it. it. It is one of those movies. I don't know if you would seek it out, but mm. you know, if you're looking for something, a, a laundry folding movie, this is a great one. <laughs> the. Little kid acting is really good. Yeah. Like, the they... little kids are really good in this. Very natural. Like, way less hammy than you see a lot it's of other child tool. acting.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a tool. Maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple of them in there
2: ended up going on to, like, have other careers. I see Odette Eustman's right. in there. She's in uh, Cloverfield. Mm. Once okay. mm. when, when she all growed up. Um, yeah. I mean... It's kind of funny looking at the reviews of the time. A lot of them saying like, who is this for? Because it's like too violent for kids. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of so wackety schmackety <laughs> that like the comedy is so broad that adults are, are adults going to like it. It's like any adult who's been frustrated with children, they're, they are going to find something. Yeah. There's him telling the kid like, don't eat the other kids lunches, spit it out or stop it. And the stop kid it slowly spitting the food out on the horse
0: yeah Yeah, the the tone of the movie is jarring they said it was intentional and I I forget why Reitman he just maybe he didn't have enough faith that Arnold fans would follow this movie because twins didn't have any of that but the first 20 minutes of the movie is just like one of the most violent Arnold movies I've ever seen And, and, and then just completely switches to a, a family-friendly comedy, and then goes back to being incredibly violent at the end. And, <laughs> <laughs> and with one of the, yeah. the whoever that guy is, the, the not quite the
1: bad guy, yeah,
0: like the scary I've been the three o'clock my high
1: for twenty years, yeah, like thirty years. Year. That guy is stuck with me. He's, he was very scary looking. Richard to
0: me as Tyson, a guy. yeah, he's a uh, like like a good-looking Robert Zadar. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I love him in this film. He, he looks like the perfect bad guy. A very, very punchable face.
1: Very good bad guy. And when, you know, at the end where he's like, got his kid, mm-hmm. it's very menacing. Yeah. Like that whole scene is pretty scary. I mean, it definitely scared me when I was a kid. Cal Suprise, I mean, I, I'm learning everything scared me as a child, apparently. <laughs> well, I,
0: <laughs> I mean, I was watching it now and just like, apparently it was Arnold pushed for like no i want to address child abuse in this film and it's it's a throwaway sequence that could be completely cut from the movie but he does confront child abuse in this family comedy about a mm-hmm. undercover cop teaching kindergarten
1: so All is right. this the first of the like big strong tough guy is paired with children i think so true i mean i'm I sure just, I, it happens i think this is what they're always aiming for yeah. yeah. they go gold back to this yeah. for sure every tooth fairy and uh, yeah. what's the babysitting
2: with- one yeah, everything. There's another one. The nanny. No, it's not called The nanny. Which
0: What's one? The called? Rock, The Diesel.
2: Mr. There's Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. There's,
0: something with yeah, Triple the H. One with the rock. Uh, yeah. They do this all the time because it uh, because this cost twenty six million dollars to make and made two hundred million dollars domestically of nineteen ninety money. Wow. Why would you? Yes. Yeah, you could have a bunch of explosions and special effects, but people might go see these action stars no matter what they do. So make a domestic comedy out of it. Why not? I don't have a lot of bad stuff to say about it, but a like unlike Bonfire of the Vanities, this was this movie was a punchline for a long time. I, I guess it is pretty stupid, but
1: yeah,
0: I I don't I don't know. I had a great time with it. It's it's a wonderful relic. <laughs> I couldn't.
1: Well, it has a lot of. I remember growing up. Kids always saying it's, it's not a tumor, mm-hmm. and boys have a penis and girls Go have a, a vagina. vagina. Like, yeah. So it's there's a lot of quotable stuff there. There is, and if you yeah. grew
0: up like me on the internet, laughing at Arnold Schwarzenegger sound clips, prank calling people, <laughs> I didn't remember how many, how many, how many sound bites come from this movie because he doesn't talk in Terminator. But he, <laughs> <laughs> But I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. It's not a tumor. There's soundboards all over the internet for this movie, and they're all great. Stop it! (laughs) Shut (laughs) up! It's so great.
2: I think that's my favorite moment, because remember, because we talked about total recall yes. cool a while back and <laughs> like, you know the scene when like his helmet burst on mars and his mm-hmm. eyes got, got bulging out and like oh wow great special effect and then when he screamed shut <laughs> up You're like, like, oh shit that wasn't a special effect yeah,
0: yeah or <laughs> it was a,
1: just looks like that yeah or it
0: was really really good that
1: uh, whole scene is cute too where he's like interviewing the children and how their their answers are just they're so cute i'm sorry these kid's are. <laughs> Cute and, and not hammy and, and really great little actors. What's that yeah. supposed to
0: mean? Uh I'm sorry, Go, sorry I have to stop playing it. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, check out be sure to check out Realm of Darkness. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Realm of Darkness is uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. There are t- there are two wonderful pages of just yelling uh,
3: Stop it! <laughs> Shut up
0: <laughs> Quiet you idiot bastard <laughs> <discipline>. you like discipline <laughs> like <laughs> every arnold schwarzenegger prank call is just based on this get out <laughs> there is no bathroom <laughs> <laughs> oh this is so much fun i have to stop i uh i have to stop playing with it come on oh no no arnold we have to get back to the show <laughs> i have <fun. laughs> but yeah this uh I think for an older generation, you hated this movie. For the younger generation, we readily accepted it. And I don't know. Where do you stand on it, Diana? Don't Hate, hate or don't hate?
2: Yeah, no, don't hate. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not going to say it's high art, that it's great, but it is it is entertaining. Uh, you know, all the places it needs to work, it ends up working.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, it, it takes skill to pull this sort of thing off, like we were just talking about so many times. It's just not fucking working. It's, yeah, kind of like what Sarah said, like, it's not one I would seek out, but it's like, if it turned up on TV, I'll probably end
1: up watching yeah, yeah. it. Yeah,
0: Way yeah. better it's, than Cop and a Half.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. The lady who plays his partner is Leslie Nope's mom. Yes. Yeah. Pamela. She's yeah. great. She's uh, really I loved her in this, too. She plays a great partner. Yeah. 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 We talked about her in um that one Ransom movie. Oh, shit.
2: Oh, Proof of Life. Proof she of Life. She was in Proof of Life a couple oh, weeks right. ago. Right. She was
1: cool. Yeah, yeah. I like
2: her when she pops up.
0: Yeah, and I, uh,
2: I... was, like, kind of pleasantly... Spr- I feel like, you know, now that we're at the holidays, like, if you're trying to look for a consensus pick, if your memory is this is stupid bad,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you're wrong. It's stupid good.
0: Yeah, uh, but, you Agree. know... We, we. I'm not sure if... Did we reach the same consensus on Look Who's Talking? <laughs> if not now? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so, so totally not bad. Um, and, again, Realm of Darkness has all the Arnold sounds you can possibly want. It <laughs> is your chop, and I'm stuck with it. <laughs> You're not going to have your mommies run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so wonderful I miss having a soundboard all the time uh, Moving to television in 1990 December uh, 18th to the 24th One of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons ever Itchy oh, and Scratchy and Marge and, um, I remember talking about it with the Talking Simpsons guys and I wasn't sure of, of our verdict on that because Marge's concerns are weirdly a little sidelined for the moment she's called out on hypocrisy as Marge thinks Itchy and Scratchy is too violent at inspiring her children to especially Maggie who hits Homer on the head in a really wonderfully long psycho parody sequence. <laughs> uh, uh, and she complains to the itchy and scratchy makers until they, they capitulate and change the show. And then they're like, wait a minute, you're defending Michelangelo's David from coming into town. And she's like, how can you defend that? She's like, oh, I guess I can't. So I'm like, yeah, you can. You can defend why you think one thing is violent and this thing is not uh, obscene. And
2: yeah. and it does just stops. David, does Michelangelo's David inspire children to stand around naked?
0: <laughs> yeah, they're different no. things. Uh, yeah, it's
2: not imitatable art. What are you talking about? But it's,
0: it's a fascinating episode. Because I love, what I really love about The Simpsons is when they kind of make fun of animation. Because they make a ton of fun inside jokes. And maybe you could call this some inside casting. It's the debut of Roger Myers Jr., the executive uh, who runs Itchy and Scratchy, played by Alex Rocco, Mo Green from The Godfather. And that is the only context anybody we're we're talking to will have of Alex Rocco. (laughs) Um, And his voice is just so great. Here they are in like the Nightline show Smartline. Now, what in the world is wrong with that, Mrs. Simpson? There's nothing huh? wrong with it. Excuse me.
1: Excuse me. He was addressing me.
0: I know. There's nothing wrong
1: with Excuse it. Excuse me. There is. I think that it's a bad influence on oh, children. give me
0: a break. I think that is a bunch of baloney. And here's why. In preparing for this debate, I did a little research and I discovered a startling thing. There was violence in the past long before cartoons were invented. I see. Fascinating. <laughs> Uh, i I hate points like that but uh, i also one of my favorite things about the episode i think i'm correct here i didn't bother to check this recheck this again but i remember it very vividly for most of our lives we had to re-experience the simpsons on dvd or in syndication and that means wherever you whatever territory you were watching your tv on in america that means i could be watching uh tallahassee's the NBC channel will be rerunning it while is watching the Bay Area, Channel 40, and we're watching completely different episodes. And for the first time ever, The Simpsons was run on FXX. Do you remember when that deal happened? They ran every Simpsons in mm-hmm. a row for the first time. That was the yeah. first time in history everybody was experiencing the same, the same rerun of The Simpsons for the first time. And so, like Twitter was amazing because no one had really been <laughs> able to do that before, unless they set it up themselves. And I, they were also giving out ratings of what the highest-rated episode was during that marathon. This was the highest-rated episode of The Simpsons that America watched together in reruns. Itchy wow. and Scratchy in March. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, it's probably I think random it's because.
2: I think it's cuz it has the very best itchy and scratchy segment Porch Pals. Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh my god. Yeah, where where all the violence has lemonade. been taken out of Itchy and Scratchy and they just sit in <laughs> rocking chairs on a porch and It's like, "Would you like some lemonade?" Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> what the hell is that I made some... it just for you. You're my best friend.
0: <laughs> that really was how a lot of like the cartoons my sisters watched were and it was really annoying. Strawberry shortcakes comes to mind. I,
2: I think about that. You're my best friend. At oh, all.
0: No, I, my pro- I say
2: that to my dog, I say that all the
0: time. My profile pic for a long time was uh scratchy lobotomized in that rocking chair, just looking into the looking into nothing with a smiling <laughs> face. I love that picture. Lamaul. Uh moving into something weirder and more obscure with a tie, with a vague tie to the Simpsons, actually. Mm. Sarah found this. I have never heard of a very retail Christmas.
1: I was surprised that it escaped mm. your attention, but this is a TV movie that is super weird.
0: It's very weird. It's a follow up to that Thanksgiving special. I think we talked about on a bonus show like two years ago because they popped up on Amazon Prime. And I could tell you what who made this Christmas special starring Ed O'Neill and a bunch of fucking puppets, but you will what? get it. You will yes, it's it's not animated. It has a bunch of puppets, but you will get it immediately. Once a, ser- once a character is introduced. Fellow elves, I'd like to introduce to you the Trindle, who handles toy distribution for the Southern Hemisphere.
1: How come we've never seen you before? I work in the field. I'm not based here at the Pole. In a nutshell... The demand for our toys
3: has dropped 38% <laughs> what? and is expected to go even lower by the
0: end of this decade. What a silly concept. These 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 are terrible, by the way. The Paul Fusco, that is very clearly Alf mm-hmm. in a yeah. non-Alf role. But it's, that's because it's Paul Fusco um, doing this mm-hmm. whole production. Like, he had a, a contract. He made a couple of uh, holiday specials before he had started Alf. And they're really obscure and they're pretty all pretty terrible and weird. <laughs> and these are a bunch of Elf... <laughs> elf puppets it's it's a subject we've covered on laser time a billion times i grew up in the era of gross toys and that's kind of what this is addressing nobody wants toy trains (laughs) they want dolls that throw up and poop and and yeah we did and i don't regret it at all i loved having a just monster toys and slime and ghosts it was fucking red so but a very retail christmas run once on nbc and then never seen again it is only accessible through daily motion so Godspeed. Hope you can find it out there. And thank you, Sarah, for bringing that to my attention. I have never heard of this shit. Uh-huh. Very retail Christmas. It's uh, weird. It is real weird. Um, and barely watchable. Uh, I did
1: not like what I saw of it. It, made me feel weird. it did not make me feel good. <laughs>
0: Uh, and, uh, just to, to, scratch the surface of games this week, cause details are a little rough in this decade uh, as the release dates, but it, it's already out in Japan, but Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse is out, um, in December for the Genesis slash Mega Drive. It is Mickey's first role in the Illusion series. Uh, the Land of Illusion series, I think is how we shorthandedly refer to it for the Sega environment. Good game remade in 2013. We will talk way more about the video games on patreon.com slash laser time. Brand new mega episode up, um, probably as you hear this right now. Thank you guys so much for being patrons once again. So Music of 1990 to take us out, Because I Love You, aka The Postman Song by Stevie B is still number one. We also have some new releases, Business as Usual by EPMD, Obey the Time by the uh, Derudy column. <laughs> is that a real thing? Uh, Midnight mm-hmm. Radio by Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Turned on by the Rollins Band, uh, which was a CD that's only one track <laughs> containing all the songs, and it's really fucking annoying. So, uh, was that from Merling Stone or Diana Original?
2: That was a Diana Original. Okay, I mean, to find <laughs> out that it was just it was a CD with one track.
1: Like, oh God, <laughs> wow. very subversive. I hate hidden tracks. So this is like the worst version of
0: that. You're not a fan of Nirvana's moist vagina? (laughs)
1: No. What? All (laughs) (laughs) those words I don't want.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wow. I wonder if we could date ourselves, do a whole later time about that. Best hidden tracks. Obviously, it's Euro Euro Trash Girl on Crackers Care. Obviously.
3: Dave Matthews one. Oh, goodness. Number 36. I'm a
0: hidden
1: track. That's it. That's one. That's it. Nail on the head.
0: (laughs) Sorry, babies watched too much community lately. But we'll close (laughs) out with the song Wiggle It uh, by Two in a Room, which is on the charts this week. If this is what I'm thinking of, you are going to have a blast, everyone. But stay right there. There's a lot of other Christmas era movies to talk about not holiday themes. stay right there so come on come on party Coming into 2000 uh, with Dance with Me by DeBella Morgan. It's on the charts this week. Uh, I do remember this song.
2: New- I vaguely thought it was Destiny's Child and feel stupid
0: yeah. now. Yeah, uh, we also have new releases from uh, Exhibit with Restless, The Last Meal by Snoop Dogg, and Lights Out by Lil Wayne. Independent Woman Part One by Dusty Child is still number one. Take that, Debella. Ooh, we got more celebrity celebrity gossip Whoa. for the news of 2000, December 18th to the 24th. Uh, Madonna marries Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. They they produce a child or out of this, don't they?
2: Yes. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, uh, and also a movie about being stuck on a desert island, ah. which is a theme this week. And also
0: a phony accent from Madonna for a little while that the whole world oh. couldn't shut up about.
1: Oh, uh, it's still around, I think. Is it? I don't think she ever dropped it. I think it's she's still got it.
0: No, well, why not? Sure. People why, can
1: speak however they
0: want. Yeah. And her original accent is very Cindy Lauper-ish, and it's not easy on the ears. Uh, 2,000 movies, the 18th and the 24th. House of Mirth with uh, Gillian Anderson and Dan Aykroyd is out. Did, did I just say those two actors' names <laughs> in the same movie? Like
2: <laughs> Also, uh, Laura Liddy and Anthony LaPaglia. And okay. Eric Stoltz pops up. Okay, I feel
0: like we just cast this movie with a game of Boggle. Like,
2: what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a mostly British movie. It's an adaptation of Edith Wharton novel. Um, she also wrote like *Age of Innocence* and *Ethan Frome*. And it's about uh, rich people hurting each other and being sad a lot. Mm. Okay. With okay. lots of like you know drama about manners and and public signs of disrespect and spreading rumors and yeah it's 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 uh it's mean girls in fancy clothes Ooh, now you're talking yeah it's no it's pretty good but it's if you like if you like classic costume dramas i i couldn't find it either i just i watched it back in the day Mm -hmm. and thought like yeah that's pretty good but it's definitely not for everyone
3: And
0: yep. uh, speaking not for everyone, or anyone, uh, <laughs> wait, uh, uh, shit, th- th- this might have a great director behind it. Uh, Christopher Plummer, Omar Epps, Jerry Ryan, Danny Masterson, Jennifer Esposito, uh, Colleen Ann Patrick, Dustine Waddell, Johnny Lee Miller, and Gerard Butler, and Dracula 2000. This is... is-
1: I watched this this weekend what? oh you did
2: well <laughs> oh, it has Wes Craven as executive producer oh, okay. is that who you're thinking of the filmmaker because he didn't he didn't direct it yeah. all right so yeah tell us tell us about Dracula 2000 because I also um, have some thoughts
1: I I'm not gonna lie it was not a bad experience it's a bad movie it's not good but mm-hmm. it's kind of fun honestly and I've been in kind of a Dracula mood I've been watching a lot of vampire stuff of, recently of course so. it's
0: Christmas <laughs> <laughs>
1: season of the Draculas, as we all know, mm-hmm. and um this is extremely the year 2000. Like oh, the music, yeah. the outfits, everything is the, extremely the, the cast. Gerard Butler is a real chameleon, <laughs> <laughs> a real chameleon, because I <laughs> did not realize it was him for a very long time, like pretty yeah. much not until the very end. I never
0: heard of him until mm-hmm. 300, so... And hey, I, yeah. I saw this movie.
1: It's... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? You were I... down of music, for God's sake. Whatever.
2: Yeah. He's
0: out there cashing checks, baby.
2: Yeah. No, I I find it. it's like, it's so close to being... Like, it has so many things that are going for it. Like, it's kind of a new take on, like, the classic Dracula story, like, from the book. But it's, like, set in modern day. And it's like, okay, let's assume that book happened and then dracula was like imprisoned by the dr van helsing and then like now he wakes up and he goes nuts in new orleans basically reenacting big chunks of the first book but then has like the mother of all twists on it about like why does dracula hate crosses and silver so much yes and that's yeah, like or... th- that's a new idea that's like i i almost feel like this whole movie is redeemed by coming up with a whole new idea of where dracula comes from that Truly. i love can i Truly. spoil Should I spoil? Yeah, do it.
1: I mean, we're going to spoil it. I would say if you really are interested in watching this movie, skip what we're about to spoil because it is a fun reveal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, go ahead.
2: Dracula is Judas Iscariot.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It I love that
2: someone came up with something new that is interesting and it makes sense. It's like, you
1: got... All right, wow. I'm with you. You like got it. me with that one. The, I thought, all, I thought Dracula, silver, as a, Dracula
0: as a Dracula a character was was all AD. How did that happen?
1: He
2: he keeps what? living. He's yeah. cursed to keep living. Okay. Just like just like was, Jesus, you know, man.
1: lives forever like or whatever. That
0: that you know, Jesus is a thing? petty bitch. He forced him to live forever?
1: You know, the story is that Judas like regrets what happened and then he hangs himself, but in this story the branch breaks and he doesn't end up himself. <laughs> and then he's like cursed for a lifetime. Also the whole little part where Van Helsing has a daughter. But the reason Van Helsing is still alive in 2000 is because he is in charge of, vampire, of um, Dracula's desiccated body. And he's been extracting blood from it and injecting it into his own veins so he can stay alive forever. And then he had a daughter. So this daughter also has Dracula's blood in her? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I, you, you can say by the way. Silly. Pretty silly. Yeah. By the and way. Yeah. Oh man, spoil, the music can... and the editing and, and it's so 2000. I
0: didn't even no, no, no. look at that at my wiki glance. Gerard Butler is cast at the top as Count Dracula/Judas's Iscariot. It is ruined <laughs> on the Wikipedia page. What
3: the the hell? Hell? It, Come on. Yeah. And any yeah. other
0: twist that might be there, because I see a bunch of other slashes with Van Helsing in it, I do need to point out the soundtrack that Sarah mentioned, because <laughs> it, it does... Yeah. May, warning, May contain Disturbed, Slayer, System of a Down, Pantera, P- Power Man 5000, and of course, Linkin Park's Immortal, One Step Closer to the Edge.
1: Everything you say to me! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it all takes pl- place in the fakest New Orleans I've ever seen. Oh, yeah,
2: nice. it is it is a really tough call for me of, like, which is the most of its time, like, vampire movie, because this is right up there with Queen of the Damned, mm. of just, like, oh, God, I'm just embarrassed looking at this. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's, it's just, like, Euro trash and industrial
1: music everywhere, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much, like, a full-length Dracula version of that PSA, like, would you download a car? <laughs> same editing, same music.
0: But of course I download the car and Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I can serve I'm it.
1: sorry. This is a great bad movie. If you're gonna have a bad movie night, I recommend this for sure. Yeah. It's Dracula two thousand. It's pretty fun.
2: barely making it into the year two thousand.
1: <laughs> <under> <laughs> oh
0: it could have been called <sighs> two thousand one, a Dracula Odyssey. <laughs> Um, uh, I feel like do yeah. I remember Sarah liking this next movie is that you Nicolas Cage yeah. Taylione Don Cheadle and the Family Man come on
3: dad get up a new
0: Christmas classic is born
3: how did I get here this isn't my house uh. the Family Man is touching soulful and hilarious oh. not only the perfect holiday movie you want me but it's the general idea but one of the best films of the year oh. god you're beautiful
0: Nicholas Cage Ta-da! The Family Man. Another great day.
2: Rated
0: PG-13. Woo! That was a, I could hear the ass grab at the very end there.
2: So I thought this was a different movie. You I thought, thought it was this the was The Weatherman. The Weatherman. Yeah. The weatherman. yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which I'm being is not great, but okay. Mm-hmm. That's
1: 2005. I was off by five fucking years. Yeah, I was definitely picturing the movie poster For the weatherman when I was thinking about this movie, which has it's actually not bad. Yeah, he's
0: facing in the other direction in that poster. Like seriously, the weatherman could be like the other side of the T-shirt to that to the poster that is the family man. (laughs) It's Nicolas Cage in the same jacket standing the exact same way. Uh yes. I have never seen that, this but I remember being very annoyed cuz it did promote itself like this is the best new family Christmas movie that you can ever imagine where like I think people were finally start Hollywood was trying finally trying to start manufacturing an annually aired new classic and mm. I was very annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. And the the critics were not too kind on it either.
2: Oh no. Mm-mm.
1: It's no. weird seeing Nicolas Cage play not weird.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Disconcerting.
2: Yeah, because he's like a fancy Wall Street guy mm-hmm. and then kind of kind of does the like, well, I wonder what life would be like if I had, you know, done this other option. And then he wakes up and now uh, instead of being a fancy Wall Street guy, he's married with a bunch of kids. In New Jersey. Right?
0: This yeah. is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful. Wa- I cannot believe they timed that song to that dialogue. That is great.
2: <laughs> and it's, it's weird, though, because it actually has a it's very similar to Mr. Destiny that we talked about for 1990. I yeah, with uh, Jim Belushi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about like, yeah, what what if I had, you know, made the big play and this is what his life would be like, but it's like oh, bad in a God. different way. <laughs> and this is like, oh, wouldn't family and Christmas be so wonderful without those empty Wall Street values? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Magic Don Cheadle, I guess. Uh.
1: Yeah, no. It's so predictable. It is. It is. I think, and it just falls flat. And I mean, like Taika is just doing a good job here, and Nicolas Cage is doing a good job here too. I think the as best as he can. I mean, it's Nicolas Cage, so I really just want yeah. to be Bad Lieutenant all the time yeah you
2: do want him to have like the real big freak out when he wakes up and there's like he's in a house and there's kids and they're saying daddy 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 it's like yeah i do want a bad lieutenant level freak out yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet yeah just,
0: just start slapping all the children
2: <laughs> just firing his gun into the ceiling <laughs> or everyone on the floor <laughs>
0: everyone on the floor hands up i can't do a good nick cage only he does but uh family man uh, uh i'm gonna guess a bunch of reference at the top or to this movie the next movie um, yep. Let's and,
2: move on to the stuff we're talking about.
0: Yes. Candice Bergen, Ernie Hudson, William Shatner, Benjamin Bratt, my cocaine, and uh, Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality. She doesn't look the part.
1: There's no way on earth that
0: I can make this woman ready in two days. She's Dirty Harriet. She doesn't act the part.
3: Come on, have some Midnight John, some uh, girl talk. We can't have pizza and beer. It's light beer, and she's gonna throw it up anyway. She doesn't want the part. I'm not gonna parade around in a swimsuit like some airhead bimbo. Describe your perfect date.
2: I'd have to say April 25th.
3: But she's about to prove anything is possible. I have gel in my hair. I haven't slept all night. I'm starved, and I'm armed. Don't mess with me.
0: I'm fine. this december you're <laughs> doing a great
1: job wow
0: that's what that movie is from okay okay i i have seen this I
1: also they did not finish the best joke which what? is april 25th because it's not too hot and not too cold all you need is a light jacket it's it's <laughs>
0: that's why it's
1: the best date
0: it's my also also my, my mother's birthday so i was very that out no. yeah Miss Congeniality.
2: Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I've never seen this before. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so, it's very popular and it's a comedy starring a woman and it seems like a lot of fun and I I never got around to it. But uh, yes, the plot is Sandra Bullock, they're they're going after like a a mass bomber and they figure out his new target is going to be this beauty pageant, sorry, scholarship program. And so Sandra Bullock goes undercover as Miss New Jersey to try to, to thwart it all because she's she's an fbi agent but she's you know one of the guys she just burps and farts and eats food and doesn't wear makeup and ah, uh-huh, now she has to wax her legs and wear heels and that's funny and uh... it's,
0: it's kindergarten yeah. cop we just praised kindergarten cop it's no, it's,
2: no. yeah it's not. No. no there's like there. okay i'm not gonna say i didn't laugh there's some really funny bits michael cain as uh comic relief. Mm-hmm. Fucking great. I, mm-hmm. I, and it's so weird. Cause next week we get to talk about Michael Caine in like the exact opposite part where he is a fucking monster. So it's really weird to watch movies back to back. Um, there kind of there is like a positive point in here that I wish was more the point of the movie, which is, you know, she she thinks oh, this is just a bunch of bimbos blah blah, blah. and then she goes and like she makes friends with the girls and all the contestants and realizes like they work hard they they're real people mm-hmm. and you know in the end like oh we all support each other and that's so sweet. It's like if they had made the point more, it's just barely in the movie. If they made the point more that like they they aren't a bunch of airheads like. What I'm going for, like, is the the biochemistry doctorate. And, like, they they have real talents and they they have real ambitions. Yeah. And and they actually are smart in their particular fields. And this is just a different way to try to get ahead. That'd be cool. But mostly the movie feels like it's saying it's best for girls to be girly.
3: Mm.
1: And I'm like, no. And... Or it's not cool to be girly. Be cool like Sandra Bullock, who can, like, I uh, don't know. I This is, like, such a No, huge... but you also have to be hot at the same time, it, though. It's oh, so, like it's cool uh-huh. to be one of the guys, but you better be wearing a wonder bra when uh, you do it. Yeah. Otherwise, Benjamin Bratt won't even look twice at you. No. Uh, yeah. I, this... It had been a while since I've seen this, and there are some really great jokes and some really great lines. But when I revisited it this weekend... It did not age well for me. The feminist all. killjoy in me like could they, not be suppressed. They, <laughs> the things it says about gender really had me cringing more often than not. Um, and I, you know, I mean, I think it's very of its time, but it. Yeah, I don't know. I just doesn't hold up well. It does not hold up. I
2: yeah, don't yeah, I, mm, yeah, not crazy about what it has to say about gender. Stuff. Um, and also has kind of hampered by like the running gag that is like, no, it's not a beauty pageant; it's it's a scholarship program uh-huh. that requires you to wear a bathing suit. But Sandra Bullock's thirty six.
0: I know. I was going to say she's in there with a bunch of like late teenagers.
2: No, no, they all seem to be like mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. But she's not passing for twenty two. Like what? What? What scholarship? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: what scholarship is out there for 36 year old women
2: for continuing education okay okay yeah she's going back for her third master's what yeah. Yeah. What?
0: what she, did, she didn't I, have to mm-hmm. dance that hard for a pell grant sandra just i don't know <laughs> the cover is blown it's,
1: it's just yeah. like like the whole scene where she is with benjamin brat before she gets her makeover and like they're fighting so she's like the, it's the it sets her up as like she's a good agent she's smart She's a really good fighter. She's a really good sharpshooter. There's this whole scene where she's, like, you know, sparring with Benjamin Bratt and talking about how she has to be this contestant. And then he ends the scene with slapping her on the ass. It's just, like... Yeah. Why? It, it it's just kind of, like, no matter what, you're still always just going to be someone I will slap on the ass. Like, Yeah, and just,
2: all... All the FBI agents are men except for one who's, like, an older woman. And they're all ogling the hell out of the contestants. Like, oh, she's going in the dressing room with her camera on. And I'm like, yeah,
1: yeah, guys, a lot of guys,
2: like, and <laughs> I'd be fine with that if, I mean, like, there was comeuppance or something. But
1: no, no. They just stay gross the whole time.
2: That's congeniality.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't have much to add here.
1: If, if you have a lot of affection for it, I get it. I did, too. Like, it, it, but I would maybe let it live in your memory and just yeah. remember the best lines, which is sing the whole sing demonstration. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> April 25th. Great joke.
0: And yeah. And I would rather, um, everybody remember Robert Zemeckis as one of our greatest directors of all time, despite his failure. Mm-hmm. And so I present to you our next movie number, like number one of the box office, if not for Tom Hanks in it, I think that would have felt really weird. Um, it's a, yeah. it's well, just... if
2: not for Tom Hanks in it, it would run thirty five minutes.
0: Yeah. Well <laughs> it...
2: I timed it. <laughs> oh, lol <laughs> You you better like him because the whole one hour, thirty minutes of the middle of the movie.
0: Yeah, him with no dialogue. It's um
2: just Tom talking to himself.
0: But 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 it's he like And it, his
2: friend. He's Chris, got a friend.
0: Chris, Chris North
2: uh,
0: uh, Helen Hunt, <laughs> uh a volleyball in Tom Hanks um in Castaway Baby. I love you, and I'm gonna see you soon, and you know what that means. From Academy Award-winning director Robert Zemeckis. Hey, is all this turbulence from Santa and those eight reindeer? At the edge of the world, Chuck Nolan
3: is about to discover no one can save him. It's a search area of size of Texas, But himself. You wouldn't have a match, would you? fire! Made fire! Tom Hanks. Castaway rated PG-13.
0: Sounds like a weird fucking orchestral remake of Celine Dion in there for a second, but uh-huh.
2: um, hmm. sure, you
0: it's Alan Silvestri yeah. doing the music, um, one of my favorite composers. And, and, it,
2: and again, a whole hour and a half. This is the first I had watched this in 20 years. I watched it last night and realized that there is no music while he's on the island, yeah. and that's an hour and a half. And basically, the second he gets past the breakers, that the music kicks back in, and I was like,
0: Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's and I think that's what makes it oddly compelling. It feels like. Outside of it being obviously expensive, one of the best plane crashes I've ever seen depicted. Yeah, really, really cool. Gave me a
1: lot of anxiety.
0: Yeah, and especially yeah, because my uncle's doing this right now, and apparently the idea even came from Tom Hanks. Like he just thought about like what the FedEx goes over the Pacific three times a day. Like one of those has to go down. Let's let's work out what happens here, and because you know not no one wants to do a plane crash everyone dies movie, but a cargo incident like you fly over the ocean that much there's bound to be an incident and they talked to fedex about it and somehow got them to sign off on the project they are this is not a paid spot that's what shocked me the most yeah because there's a lot of fedex a lot of fedex imagery but you know they just gave them access to the planes and shit and like the cargo was sort of a message uh thematic to the movie but like there's an independent spirit here if you can bypass the grandeur and stunts and special effects. Yeah, there's a really weird experiment happening. And that's why I love Zemeckis that like they made Tom Hanks gain weight and then lose it and in between that time shot what lies beneath. <laughs> like that's Oh damn. Yeah, they shot wow. what lies beneath in between Tom Hanks losing all that weight to eventually yeah. have been stuck on the island for what is it, like a year and a half? Four. Four. Four four years, four, four years yeah. stuck on stuck on an island and it's just this almost documentarian look at what that would be like. And yeah. it's the I, number yeah. one movie in the world. It just feels so strange.
2: Somehow it it hadn't hit me that, oh, this is Tom Hanks and Zemeckis reteaming after Forrest Gump.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And yep. that's,
2: you know, like this, ton, uh, tons of characters. I mean, it follows one guy, obviously, mm-hmm. but lots of locations, tons of characters, and a lot of special effects for that. And this has some wonderfully subtle special yeah. effects After besides that crash. When he first lands on the island, that, that's like the ind- the indelible image for me of this movie, that, you know, he lands on the island, he walks over here, we get a 360 degree pan mm-hmm. from his point of view, and realize, yeah, there's fuck all anything here. And you think like, oh, that was a neat shot. And you realize, wait, where's the fucking crew? That was a special effect we just watched. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, wow. I never thought I of that, actually. About
2: that. Yeah, someone had to rake the sand ah. to make sure there's no footprints, nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah, very subtle things like that, just to underline the isolation.
0: Yeah, and there's 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 oddly big moments in one man's struggle to survive on a desert island. Mm -hmm. Who, by the way, did not get to take his top ten favorite games. Um, I know that that's how we imagine or his favorite
2: albums or no, nothing,
0: nothing, didn't get any of that. Oh wait, I got. I thought this was funny because yeah, no, FedEx had nothing to do with this. So FedEx almost as revenge in 2003 shot a super bowl sequel the whole time talking hanks is on the island he's like opening up packages but he doesn't open one and never does but the sequel made by fedex in 2003 revealed what was in that package hey but by the way what's in the package
1: nothing really just a satellite phone gps locator fishing rod water purifier and some seeds
3: just silly stuff. Pretty good. Pretty good. Basically,
0: everything he tries to solve in that hour with no dialogue, thats still, I think, is amazing. A mainstream Hurleywood movie with Tom Hanks that is very quiet at parts.
1: I have not seen it in 20 years either, and I went back and rewatched it this weekend, and I was kind of dreading it. Sometimes with these like, big major like epic movies i i kind of i'm like oh okay i gotta do this just because it's a lot it just takes a Mm -hmm. lot out of you Mm -hmm. especially something like this watching someone struggle against nature for so long but man it's fantastic it's enthralling and there's enough hopeful moments in there that counteract the despair that keep you going throughout the movie. I
0: have made fire. I do that. I
1: have made fire. It's like, so
2: good. he's been working at that for so long. That's like, when yeah. you see it in the commercials, like, ha ha, that's funny. But it's like so long, trying to get a freaking fire started and hurting himself so many times. Oh, that's...
1: When he finally
2: does, you're like, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. All the scenes where he gets injured, they, it, it takes it, like, just up to the line of, like, Ugh, this is too much. Like, you know, it, the restraint, I think, is really good. I think they could have gone even more, like, wild as far as all the things he would have to go through on this island. And I think they really restrained it in a, in a perfect way, in a way that kept it watchable, kept it hopeful, did not make it, like, into a real despair fest, um, hmm. which I think a lot of people with less restraint probably would have done pretty easily
2: yeah there's I mean there's a little bit there's one body horror moment oh, mostly it's I, just like I so enough, make- like getting cut by coral it's like oh
1: ow ow oh no, oh, the,
0: that shit happened to me I had to go get stitches like walking on no coral thing. it's fucking awful oh my
1: goodness oh no the yeah. scenery has to knock his tooth out
0: mm-hmm.
1: I yeah. went to the kitchen and made a salad without <laughs> <one>. I, <was laughs> I, like, I cannot be raspberry vinaigrette
0: dressing I hope um, Ugh,
1: <laughs> terrible
2: terrible uh, <sighs> Yeah, and then I love that it, it it sort of became oddly timely again this year because uh, when Tom Hanks tested positive for COVID and went into quarantine, Australian nurses gave him a Wilson volleyball uh-huh. when they locked him in.
0: <laughs> I, I think I read weirdly the the FedEx CEO purchased the original Wilson volleyball for like twenty grand at an auction because like FedEx oh. saw said it 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 let people have a little more faith in them as a service and. Mm-hmm weirdly the heroism of it got more people to apply to work there and because they because apparently they were on site the whole time like an incredibly wary like why do we agree to do this god damn it tom hanks could get away with anything
1: it's just funny too though that like wilson the volleyball and tom hanks wife is rita wilson Um, okay
0: i I challenge you sarah to name a more famous volleyball
1: (laughs) I mean that's fair, but Spalding! It's kind of weird, right? No, it,
0: it's it's weird. Yeah. It's not not weird, but like it had a, to be yeah. a joke it had
1: to be like a. They were like, "Let's do this. This is kind of a funny joke. Oh, Someone thought of it." I keep meaning to, ah. this is
0: this is available to stream on HBO Max. I think this is a great movie. It is, I had it on DVD and watched it a lot, and but it's also a very longy movie, an intense movie, and mm-hmm. people have talked about the ambiguity. Of the ending, I, th- I find I, I quite like it and think it's rather yeah. mature. But it also doesn't leave you at the end of two and a half hours with like a moment where your heart swells. And I think like that probably hurts the rewatchability of it a little bit. And means it probably it probably would be aired more if it if there was some resolution to that.
2: Yeah, um, no, I I really really like the ending because he the whole movie he's been trapped and now the road is open. He mm-hmm. can go any direction, mm-hmm. you know, the horizons is just wide open. That's how I interpreted.
0: It. Like what, what direction are you yeah. going? And like, doesn't matter. You can actually go wherever he wants. And that's gotta be yeah, a fucking breakthrough. I like
2: and I know a lot of people complain. like, this is like a freaking FedEx infomercial. Mm-hmm. I think, like you said, the the cargo plane thing is one reason why it's it's FedEx and not mm-hmm. something else. But also that it really underline he cares about time a lot. He's constantly looking at his watch, he's mm-hmm. constantly talking about the clock, and these had the, the shipment was two minutes late getting into this warehouse and this this that and the other thing. And it's like and then he's stuck somewhere where pff, it's time. <laughs> well,
0: I think time time is one of those no. elements that helped him triangulate where he might be. Like, if not for that, because he he he's not, he wasn't a star mapper before he started. He was a guy who knew schedules and where the plane should have been at around that time.
2: Mm-hmm. That's true. Yep. that's mm-hmm. a great and then point. He, and then he uses that to figure out the seasons and when mm-hmm. when's the tide the highest and the the wind pushing off coast and that he can get out of there. Yeah, this is. I think this is a,
0: yep. a fucking great movie. And if you haven't seen it, um, do it over the holidays. It's a good watch. Real good watch.
1: Really good movie. And unlike. Unlike Bonfire of the van- Vanities, really does show you why Tom Hanks is like the biggest oh, movie star
0: right. in the world. I forgot. I always yeah. forget Tom Hanks is a Jeez. part of that stinker because Bruce Willis got a lot of flack for that shit and um, mm. had had got like a gotten Hollywood jail over things like Bonfire of the Vanities, but Tom Hanks never did.
2: Well, this is, we're we're in the period of of Tom Hanks needing his career resuscitated in the nineties. And uh, eventually we'll get to A League of Their Own.
0: and yeah, Oh, yeah.
2: Then it'll be pretty much good after Which that. Which will but... lead,
0: lead to a wonderful montage of movies where Tom Hanks takes long piss. And Seriously, Tom Hanks pisses in That's a true. lot of his movies. Um, mm,
1: he's like the Brad Pitt of eating. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: or the uh, Mel Gibson of being tortured. Uh, wait, no, that is Mel. Never mind. Um, 2000 Television, <laughs> on 20th, there's an episode of Gilmore Girls. Uh, the episode Rory's Dance, and obviously this yeah. is my time to shine. Um, the, Sarah, <laughs> well, go ahead.
3: Take it away.
0: Well, Rory is a young man, uh, a car- <laughs> and I'm guessing he's going to learn how to dance, but the, uh, the reveal at the end of the episode is that he has been in a wheelchair the entire time, and the island has given him the power to walk. And then we don't know why. <laughs>
3: don't
1: tell me what I can't
0: Rory. do. I'm Rory.
1: God damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. So close. So close.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, this is
1: a big episode in the season. Um, kind of is our first really big conflict episode, which Rory is has her first mm. dance at her fancy Chilton High School and invites her townie boyfriend, that blockhead dean. I'm not teen team dean can't even say Second it dean dean Ugh. and but her grandmother is so excited she comes over to watch her leave for the dance and everything and roria does not come home that night she and dean fall asleep in miss patty's dance studio <gasps> just talking but so, oh,
3: and then the uh, next
1: yeah no. girl
2: what i have
1: heard everly brother songs about this it's a true story, and so when Lorelai and Emily wake up and they find that she's not there, they all freak out. And I, it's so it's done so well because this is the first time we see a real conflict between Rory and Lorelai. There was a little bit in the first episode about her going to Chilton, but this really does like bring to light. You know, Lorelai is a cool mom. You know, she's a young mom and everything, but she's not that cool. Like she's still. <laughs> needs boundaries and she still needs to enforce boundaries on her child and she still worries like a mom would and that feeling they do such a good job of showing like what that would feel like to wake up when your teenage daughter is not in the house like the anxiety you would feel Mm -hmm. and it sets up like a multi-episode arc of Rory and Lorelai fighting and Lorelai and Emily her mom also in a fight and it's just like I don't know it's just a really good portrayal of mothers and daughters and, and that kind of conflict. And it's a great, great episode. Very good acting by everyone in it.
0: And, uh, Oh man, so uh, for real, my, my, I love this, the long, slow, wonderful road to adult swim is Mm -hmm. upon us. And, uh, I just got to play all of this 15 second theme song. Lab 2021. It's it's so bizarre to think of like this being the template for Adult Swim after the success mm. of Space Ghost, a 1960s cartoon that Cartoon Network reworks into a really bizarre talk show, <laughs> and and is a is such a huge hit with people like me. It does the exact same thing with a bunch of other obscure Cartoon Network properties, and Sea Lab 2021 is a reworking of. Sealab 2020, a one season 1967 show, Hanna Barbera made, and it. If you look at it right now, I was watching a little bit. This to me was a godsend. I thought it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. The voices of Harry <laughs> Goss, Eric Estrada, and MC Chris. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but it's it moves a little slow, and it is like it's almost unfair to call it animated. <laughs> <laughs> but it the 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 DNA of Archer is here because that's where Adam Reed and Matt Thompson basically oh, really? got their adult start with was with Adult Swim's C-Lab 2021. And it's just bizarre watching them make Archer, which obviously started out pitched as something with super limited animation. And now it's like, there's some impressive sequences in Archer, goddammit. <laughs> uh, and that's been going... Ten- they It's one, also one of the only situations is like an Adult Swim staple being lured away to another network and having a successful 10-year-plus show. But C-Lab airs two to three episodes adult swim is will not be upon us until around nine eleven. it yeah. doesn't it doesn't exist yet but they're slowly showing you their pilots um there will be other shows in similar space Coast and sea lab vein but they do not air this week the show that does air which is to me the most improbable and i don't want to call it a failure because it's still charming the brack show
2: yeah i, I feel like the brack show does not get its fair shake yeah. out of all the early adult swim shows but because I find it—it's also so bizarre, barely <laughs> animated, and damn hilarious. He has
0: a—he has a two-foot-tall Hispanic dad and a mother <laughs> who looks exactly like him.
2: But he's back. Right. Don't touch me. Uh, I—I love yeah. Brack. And a brother who just walks through the shot and and sometimes farts. Yeah. And also a neighbor who's some sort of giant mech. Thunderclaws. Thunderclaws um yeah why not (laughs) sure i loved
0: brack from uh from space Ghost and probably cartoon planet is where he's more known for driving down highway 40 in his big old pickup truck but like uh the standout he
2: sang this he sang (laughs) the song of our times what day is it
0: what day is it i'm a big fan of don't touch me
2: um (laughs) no 2020 if it had a theme song it would be what day is it (laughs) would you please tell me (laughs) i'm do confused you see
0: brack is brack (laughs) Is is sunday Is this? He got three seasons out of this, but it's just like, yeah, I find it weird this wasn't a much bigger hit for everybody because Brack was such a standout in all these other shows. Uh, Those debut right now, but in very, like, think about that. Three 10-minute episodes are all you had for, like, almost a year, and you'll have to wait for the rest of Adult Swim to get itself together, and Louis C.K. will do their promos. I think a lot of people don't know that. Adult Swim, all kids out of the pool. It's Louis C.K. Anyway, moving on very briefly to games of 2000, uh, video games tend in a non in a pre cyberpunk world had blown their wad long before December, and in Japan only Fantasy Star Online, I think, debuts. That is one of the first cons- online console games in the continuing saga of Sega's Fantasy Star RPG series, and it is a long, long, slow. Don't want to call it obscure, but it's a it is a hit. This thing is is playable in some fashion for like the next 20 years it is pretty incredible fantasy star online i didn't we'll go more in depth than that and check the dates and deeds for the uh patreon.com slash laser time show hopefully we'll get chris baker back in there anyway well, let's take us out of 2000 with she's a lady by tom jones why this song time
2: because well first of all it's all over miss congeniality oh, and man. look if i could do a tom jones song every single episode <laughs> I would. We had Tom Jones in two segments last right. week. We have him again here. Plus, he was in another ad for a movie that we're going to talk about in 2010. So I just want Tom Jones everywhere because he makes me happy. So there. You're a sex bomb. I am a sex bomb.
0: <laughs> All right. That's, uh... I'm the
2: kind of woman you like to flaunt and take to dinner. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will see you once again in 2010. She's a
3: lady. She's a lady Talking about that little lady And the lady is mine
2: Mr. And Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We'll go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a-watching. And for the week of December 18th through 24th, heading into Christmas, we have... So many things to talk about that I'm just going to rattle off a couple real fast, and then we'll get to the good ones. Starting with uh, 70 years ago this week, 1950 saw the release of DOA, which is one of my favorite kind of slightly underrated film noirs about a guy who gets poisoned, and he's got to go solve his own murder. It's all shot on location in San Francisco, and it's pretty cool. And movie that... It, I don't know if it technically is a Christmas movie but it should be a Christmas movie because it's just a joy for the whole family Harvey starring James Stewart and his invisible rabbit friend uh, also 70 years old this week and yeah, good one, you know, kids will like it grown-ups will like it, grandma will like it, it's pretty cool then, 50 years ago this week bunch of, uh, westerns? I mean, yeah kind of rough westerns uh, uh, El Topo, directed by Alejandro Jodaworski, uh which I've never quite made it through because um, it is, well, it's pretty violent. And Sergio Corbucci's Los Compañeros, which is also, it's less violent. It's pretty good. There is a scene where I think, I think that's the one where someone gets tortured to death with a guinea pig, which is not something you see every day. And then, okay, let's get to the big one. So 40 years ago this week, coming out on the same day are two movies that are front runners for not just best of 1980, but best of the entire decade of the 80s. Let's start with... Well, Martin Scorsese's masterpiece, Raging Bull, starring Robert De Niro, uh, came out 40 years ago this week, movie that has changed how all sports movies are made, uh, particularly boxing movies, kind of raw, gritty ugliness of characters, not something you see very often, and a lot of filmmakers say it's his best one. I don't know if I agree, but uh, top three, definitely top three. And then, as if Raging Bull wasn't enough the exact same day 40 years ago this week, saw the release of 9 to 5! (gasps) Sarah exclaims, yes, 9 to 5 and Raging Bull, the two genders. They came out the same day. (laughs) And 9 to 5 stars, Jade Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Dolly Parton, Dabney Coleman. Uh, It is a workplace comedy that is, oh my god, funny and dark and weird and just so lovable. Uh, I hate recommending other podcasts, but the podcast Dolly Parton's America was a great mini-series and uh, had a whole episode on 9 to 5 and how, how it came together, which is pretty fascinating. That Like, Jane Fonda was really hated in 1980, you know, because of her activism, especially during Vietnam. And she puts this project together that's, like, super feminist, but she knows everyone's gonna hate it, you know, because of her. So she wisely chooses not the strident feminist role but the mousy homemaker type role and then gets the one person we all agree on dolly parton to be in the movie and write the theme song and it's it is so dark and weird that it's still kind of amazing it got made but if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time nine to five is a fucking treat so yeah uh two of the best movies of the 1980s right there next to each other nine to five and raging bull and that's it for this week stay classic
0: Coming into 2010 with Katy Perry's Firework. It's number one this week. And uh, in all of our hearts, still to this day, Fireworks is a really fun song. I just watched the interview again for some reason. I love that that's the theme of the movie. (laughs) Um, Katy Perry's Firework. We also have some uh, new releases for December 18th to 24th for 2010, such as Red Bark Tree by Wire, All You Need Is Now by Duran Duran, uh, Best Night of My Life by Jamie Foxx, and Calling All Hearts by Kesha Cole. Um, Moving quickly into the news. Of 2010, December 18th to the 24th uh, The 26-year-old Tunisian street vendor Mohamed Bouzazi, Bouzizi um, Sets himself on fire In protest of government corruption And lack of opportunity This will lead to the toppling of four governments Major reforms and ten others And the Syrian civil war And the rise of ISIS Eesh.
2: It's the Arab Spring, everybody This is the beginning oh. This it, Amazingly, it kind of starts with This guy is facing, he's just trying to sell his shit on the street and the corrupt cops keep hassling him and they take all his stuff and he's supporting his whole family and he's just, just can't take it anymore. And so he goes up to like in front of the government offices and lights himself on fire. And this leads to like a lot of sympathy protests. It takes him a while to die. Uh, He doesn't die until January 4th, but by January 14th, the Tunisian president has resigned and fled the country. Yep. And then, yeah, we get uprisings in Libya, Syria, Yemen, Oman, and um, Jordan. Yeah, a lot of places. Egypt. Oh, God. Yeah, Egypt. The, you know, a, a lot of people just becomes this mass movement of, like, we are fucking sick of autocratic governments. And they start, uh, you know, having some reforms. And some of those reforms are good. And then some of the violence becomes the Syrian civil war and the rise of ISIS. Yeah. Oh,
0: Happy Christmas, yeah, next, the war is starting. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: Next year's news uh, is going to be pretty nuts.
0: Okay, so with a <laughs> hard pivot into the new or the movies of 2010, December mm. 18th uh, through the 24th.
2: You know what else needs democratic reforms? What's that, Dean? <laughs> this fucking movie. Yeah. I, 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 I hate yeah. this next movie. I, I tried to watch it. I hate it.
0: I remember this being an early uh, rental for me because I knew... Who was involved? My girlfriend didn't, and she sat pleasantly and quietly through the film and then asked me, Why would you make us watch that? And that was really the only time that happened. I thought, Well, we're in for a pleasant romantic comedy from written and directed by James L. Brooks. And it's just one of his weirder misfires Jack Nicholson, Owen Wilson, Paul Rudd, Reese Witherspoon. And how do you know? This Christmas, here you go, it's not a ring. Well, you don't have to look so relieved about it. How do you know when you're in trouble? Son, they're going to indict
3: you. I didn't do anything. That may help your chances a little. How do you know when you're in
0: denial?
1: Are we monogamous? Essentially. What is essentially? Let's talk about
0: it. How do you know when you're in luck?
1: George, how are you?
0: I think I met a great girl. Oh, good. There is a God. How do you know? Boy, uh, The last movie James L. Brooks directed, who has, has a great track record, by the way. Like, An
2: amazing track record. If he had just done Terms of Endearment and Broadcast News, yep. he'd be done. Yeah, but he did other stuff. I mean, I I haven't seen Spanglish, but I know people like it. As good as it like gets, it's wonderful.
0: Yeah, if Spanglish yeah. is great. Well, good. I I haven't seen it enough as much as the other stuff. But in terms of Dearman Broadcast News, <mwah> and co-creator of The Simpsons, dude has a lot of clout. And this movie with the stupid title came out, and I just remembered. Like, I don't think anyone remembers who James L. Brooks is anymore. This and,
1: movie, <sighs> it's like a fake movie on Thirty Rock.
0: Yeah, and
1: yeah. it's also. The unfunny, they came together. Like, (laughs) it should be they came together. (laughs) Like, this is it. They came together is about this movie. I
2: was stunned at how you could have so many wonderful, charismatic people together. And I would be so bored. I made it a little more than halfway. Mm -hmm. And now I realized how much I did not care about anything because nothing was happening. And that's when I turned on Castaway, the movie where literally (laughs) nothing happens. And I felt really good about that decision. I I am
0: astonished looking at this, even 10 years ago, how did this cost $120 million? Were those real elevators? Was it
1: it whatever they used to keep Jack Nicholson alive?
0: Maybe. (laughs) Yes. His cigarette budget alone. Uh, Uh,
1: Yeah,
2: this is his last movie. It's his last
0: directed movie. He's written some movies here and there, but...
2: no, I mean Jack Nicholson has not appeared in a movie in. 10 Are years.
0: you fucking kidding me?
2: Oh no! no. Well, now no, I this, feel bad for saying that. This this is it, and I mean, oh, apparently, part no. of the reason was he realized he was having trouble remembering his lines. Yeah. And it, he's the... like, and I don't like this anymore, and I don't have to do this anymore. So yeah, he kind of did this as a personal favor because obviously, you know, James L. Brooks, wow. he, he was in terms of Endearment. He's got a small part in Broadcast News. You know, they're obviously bros.
0: And uh, as good as it and, gets, got him an as Oscar. Good as it gets.
2: Oh, fucking as good as it gets. My God, how did I even forget that? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I remember I watched
0: the SNL 40th with you, Diane, I think. Mm -hmm. And he came out and he was like delivering lines and like, oh, no, he can't do this anymore. Mm. And it was a great joke. He was like, here's how important SNL was in the 70s. And then he's like flubbing. He's like, and then he just long jackpaws. I probably should have hosted back then. <laughs>
2: but yeah, that's five are. years after this. Yeah,
0: oh my you God. You know, look,
2: the, guy's, the guy's in his 70s at the time, yeah. you know? Memory problems are to be a Dude, I, I'm having
0: like, memory like, problems in my 40s. I get it. And every, every every story I've heard about him on the set, like, dude likes acting a lot and takes a lot of pride mm-hmm. in it. Not a dick yeah. about it either. Yeah. Uh, Jack, Jack uh, Nicholson's last film. Wow, I didn't even think about that. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. That's
3: yep. a
2: bummer. And, and, yeah, because this movie's a bummer. Yeah. It's such a bummer. It's like, okay, so wait, Reese Witherspoon is like a professional softball player, but she might get cut from her team, and she's having kind of like a Friends with Benefits thing with Owen Wilson, who plays for the Nationals, mm-hmm. and then Paul Rudd is like a stock guy, and like then they go out, and... It, just, uh, it feels like the nothing ro- was happening. I
0: think that the Genesis was trying to make a movie based around a female athlete, which is a, a neat okay. and, and yeah, original I- idea. But then everything else about it, like, wow, this is like two decades off of when it needed to be made. This mm-hmm. is, yeah, this is totally wrong. But I, I, I imagine that James L. Brooks at the time was just such an original guy, like with original concepts, that the dude probably hadn't watched that romantic comedies had moved a little forward um in the past 20 years probably wasn't watching a bunch of stuff but i don't
2: but if i feel like even 20 years before this we put this in 1990 we'd Mm -hmm. be like well i guess we'd be praising them have people having you know not a a no string or having like a no strings attached type relationship Mm -hmm. you know like that was the one fun thing i liked is that owen wilson is like so used to having women spend the night that he has like clothes in a variety of sizes and a whole drawer full of toothbrushes they can choose from that's just like, considerate that's it really is very considerate brockmeyer yeah. nice gift f- baskets who is it there is someone i'm blanking on who it was i think it was a basketball player who who literally had gift bags for the morning after for, for ladies good it's
1: like, no that's not trashy i find that very considerate Yeah, a little gift bag put your plan b in there yeah. Put sure your- <laughs> you know, I, aspirin in there. Yeah.
0: If I yeah, write exactly. my name, you if, if I spend all night water. writing my name on that dick, give me an iPad, please.
1: Yeah, you get like a spa <laughs>
2: robe and a bottle of water. Yeah, <laughs>
0: That's um, nice. I'm more excited to talk to you about the next movie because I watched this Fuck once yeah. and felt nothing. But like the more I think about it, the more I realize I might be wrong and I should have rewatched this for this episode. Barry Pepper, Josh Brolin, Haley Stanfield, Matt Damon, Jeff Bridges, True Grit. In your years as U.S. Marshal, how many men have you shot? Shot or killed?
1: Tom Cheney killed my father. Now I need somebody to go after him. Can we depart this afternoon?
2: We. I'm a Texas Ranger. It is at least a two-man job taking Cheney. Alive. I do not regret shooting your father.
3: What is your intention? I'm aiming to kill you today.
2: Help me. I can do nothing for you, son. (laughs) <laughs> True Grit,
0: a remake of the John Wayne film?
2: Mm-hmm. Was that, was that yeah, a series?
0: Well, like, he won an Oscar for John Wayne did.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 1969. And this is going back to the original book that it's an adaptation from. Right. Which is weird, because, yeah, Cohen's Coen's, when they do adaptations, they're either myths or um, they're, like, ridiculously great books. Uh, I can't, Westerns. What's,
0: what's their Netflix movie? I love their Netflix movie. Uh, uh
2: Buster Scruggs? Yes,
0: Buster Scruggs, the palette of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Uh, so, I, re- yeah, I was like, why did I love True Grit when I saw it? I remember being very bored and feeling like I was, like, at a lecture in elementary school. Like,
2: when is this going to be over? Fuck. Huh. Right. No, I don't find it boring. It is slower paced, but a lot of interesting, like, it's kind of episodic. <laughs> mm-hmm. and But every episode is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And the characters are really interesting, you know, because yeah. it's mostly a road movie about them. Trying to find the, you know, the guy that uh, murdered Haley Stansfield's dad, Um, which I watched as a double feature with Winter's Bone. Mm -hmm. Fucking perfect. Two movies from 2010 they're about teenage girls trying to find the man what shot their paw Yep, they go, they go together great man they go Sorry. together great
0: i appreciate yeah. the what in there that that really makes me happy i um
1: uh, yeah. yeah i don't like westerns i've mm-hmm. mentioned before because everybody looks so dirty in the, <laughs> dusty mm. and dusty and it's not my jam mm. and i loved true grit really loved Ooh. it what yeah me? just so yeah. good just it really transports you into the world, of course, because it's the Coens and they, they're very good at the world building and uh, the acting's so great. I don't know. I just found it a delight. life. And I was kind of dragged to this movie when it came out because my parents really wanted to see it. It's the holidays, so okay, we'll all go together. And I ended up loving it in spite of myself. I'm pretty sure crying my eyes out at the end. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's tough because
2: it is the Coen's, there's a lot of dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of helps it move along. Like how much of the movie Matt Damon has to slur his words because he bit his tongue in half accidentally. <laughs> and, yeah, and Jeffridge is like, well, I could just cut the hangy part off if you want, or maybe it'll knit, I don't know. It'll knit. Uh, But yeah, so it's about, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges is this ridiculously grizzled old marshal and Matt Damon, who's kind of like a show-offy marshal, and this teenage girl, and they're going out looking for the man what shot her paw, and they come across strange things, and they come across, you know, a couple bandit guys holed up in a house, and they think they know something about it, and things don't go great, and, you know, Jeff Bridges is uh, a drunken asshole most of the time. And it's a nice contrast with last week where we had him in uh, Tron legacy. It's strange, wow. and uh, yeah, and and shout out to just general shout out to Jeff Bridges because uh,
0: yeah, surviving.
2: Yeah, I mean he's yeah he's he's fighting lymphoma right now, and oh, uh, wow. He had a I picture. It, yeah, a couple months ago he announced that, and there's a nice picture of him on his birthday uh, with no hair and a puppy
0: and a puppy on a Aww. hammock saying like feeling good like God damn like ah I, I
2: yeah, give, get me, better, give, give me better Jeff Bridges we need you
0: God give me ten more years with Jeff Bridges please.
2: Please, because he's so good in this. He's an ornery bastard, but it's also like, but he's a good person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when when the chips are down the way he proves it. And huh, yeah, everyone's just so good in this. But And it's so weird because like the way Haley Stansfield's character talks is so specific and mannered. And she's like way too smart for everyone else. Mm-hmm. But she's also like 14. And she's <laughs> off like. Nope. I'm going to buy these horses, and I'm going to settle these debts, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to find this man, and I'm going to bring him to justice, and you're going to help me, and, and I'm just going to stand here until you do. And she's
0: nominated <laughs> yeah. for an Oscar for her trouble. This, this 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 movie is nominated for ten Oscars, lost oh. every one, every one, mm.
1: uh, ah. including
0: best actor well, for Jeff Bridges.
1: Yeah, yeah. The way the way she talks though is so Coen Brothers. Yeah. Yes. That is like there's at least one character probably in everything that they do <laughs> that talks like that, and I absolutely love it. And that's that's uh, it's yep. is
0: this Matt Damon's only dip in the Coen Brothers pool? Uh, didn't
1: I feel like I'm missing something. Wasn't there one that came out like a couple of years ago that nobody saw like? Dale Caesar Suburbia or Suburbia? Oh well, sub- oh, yeah. Um, no, they wrote that. They didn't direct that. Oh, okay, okay. okay.
2: Shoot, what is that called? Suburbicon. Suburb- Suburbicon. I I, that's, yeah,
0: <laughs> I feel like they would have written a better title.
2: And I feel bad we haven't seen Haley Steinfeld around as much as some other young actors of that same generation, mm-hmm. except that she's in like the best movie of the decade, Into the Spider Verse. So yay, she's, she's Spider in- Gwen. Yay. Yes. She's in
1: Pitch Perfect too, as well. I believe. No, yeah, yeah,
0: you should say Diana hasn't, because if you haven't seen the sixth Transformers movie, Bumblebee. <laughs>
2: oh right she's
0: amazing. it is it is excellent oh, again it's it's et with a non-speaking with one non-speaking transformer it's fucking excellent it's really good mm. okay. <laughs> and uh and she's elliot and it's great um that's i don't nice. I, <laughs> that's nice
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. okay that's <laughs> nice no that's uh, so i've heard that and it's one of those like i suppose if i see it just starting on tv maybe i'll give it a shot but i'm not gonna go search out a transformers movie i'm oh. sorry <laughs> <laughs> totally fair
0: it's totally fair because you shouldn't you don't oh, even God. really have to like just with the streaming services i have in sling there is a transformers movie happening somewhere at any moment every single day i don't understand <laughs> how they got that big and speaking of i do not know how they got that big um no
2: i feel like true grit is is definitely one of the big recommends of oh no no, no i was talking if about you, the next movie yeah i like yeah if you haven't seen it in 10 years or you yeah just thought it looked like boring and stuff yeah it's not it's it's a Good family watch. Little kids aren't going to be interested in it, but teenagers and up. That's I, uh, dads. Reminded, dads will love it.
0: It reminded me. Sorry, I had this written down in my notes. It was the the last movie I bought from Costco, <laughs> and I haven't <laughs> seen movies on sale in Costco in about nine, ten years, and uh, oh. and I got wow. caught sneaking I, into one I have recently. to
2: avoid it. <laughs> I, I've made a deal that I avoid it because I will buy too many things. Yeah, if I look at DVDs at Costco. Yeah,
0: yeah, I had to get out of there because like I had a subscription through work, and like, man, did I? I buy doubles of these Ducktail seasons. Holy shit, I gotta stop.
2: Yeah, there's I, there's lots of me of like, well, it's only six ninety nine, mm-hmm. and it's a classic. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need this.
0: I did read more books that way though, for some weird reason. A a five dollar book, brand new book. Um, anyway, movies. Yeah, anyway. Um, I'm glad are done. <laughs> and ta- I, we just talked about the original another, a few weeks ago.
2: Yeah, but another disappointing movie full of very talented people that's supposed to be a comedy and i just stared at it and was like Bleh.
0: barbara streisand dustin hoffman harvey Keitel, laura dern jessica alba terry polo uh, blind danner owen wilson ben stiller and robert Niro. number one of the box office this week it is little Fockers. you've met her parents are you still physically attracted to my daughter greg yes it's all good under the hood you've met his parents
3: what is it, brother bernie
0: jack look up you like <laughs> But if you think you've seen it
1: all... I want you to represent our new drug. It's
0: an uh, erectile dysfunction medicine. You mind explaining this? You're in for a big surprise. If you've had that for more than four hours, you've got to get a shot. There is no way I'm going to an ER room with this
1: thing. Little fuckers.
0: Rated PG-13. I was just... I've never seen this and I was reading about it like, what's, what's new in this? They already had the children. Like, the children are five years old. <laughs> and now like,
2: they're five. Okay. Yeah.
0: Another five. But Harvey Keitel is here for some reason. Did anybody watch this? Because I just had... I Look, you know this movie. (laughs) If you like it, good for you.
2: Yeah, it's one of those where it's like, I started it, then I skipped towards the middle. Like, all right, well, let's get into the meat of the movie then. Mm -hmm. Oh, I regret everything. (laughs) No, I was just, just... There's so many talented people. And just... Yeah, the plot is contrived and stupid. And everything is just... I. I just feel embarrassed for everyone. Yeah,
0: I think there's a, there's a little thing here that bums me out, and that like there's an entire generation that only know De Niro and Dustin Hoffman and Streisand and Harvey Keitel in this case from this film. Ooh, they're really depressing. <laughs> it's really depressing.
2: It is so weird to be talking about this after I just mentioned Raging Bull. Yeah, it's just no De Niro. <sighs> why? Look, I understand you don't want to be making Raging Bull every year. It's very hard <laughs> on you, besides the gaining the weight or the getting in shape. and It's just very emotionally taxing role, but come on, man.
1: It's the money. He needs mm,
2: the money. I, don't I don't guess. guess.
1: Gotta be. I mean, either that or he genuinely likes his co-stars and wants to pal around with them. I don't know. I mean, if they're co-workers that you have a good time with and you're like, "Oh, you're going to pay me for like 6 months or however long it takes to shoot these to pal around with these like fun people that I'm friends with. Why not?" Maybe be- that's it. Maybe be- that's all it is.
0: Before he goes, mm-hmm. I it Doesn't sound bad. I need a definitive documentary series on the man that is Robert De Niro. I'm getting very sad looking at him and seeing him get old and he was so cool for so long and I would I really think it's cool about him right now. That Guy is notoriously one of the most boring talk show guests that you can have on your show. So, what was like being in yep. this movie? It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and but but he has made almost no appearances to promote anything other than to. Shit on the president and have himself bleeped on the mainstream news that guy that guy is going to have a cool documentary made out of him. Uh, what do you think mm-hmm. you, have a, you have a Tribeca festival coming up, yeah, but the president's a bum. fuck him i'll punch <laughs> him in the fucking face like oh, it's so wonderful still happening you know, with us.
2: there he is <laughs> there he's there he still is. in there a bum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway moving on to uh, snl snl uh 2010 i man do i need to rewatch this saturday night live is hosted by jeff bridges with guest yeah. mnm um
2: yeah
0: and i just don't remember anything from this that i the only reason i know i saw the episode is because i remember the lonely island shorts i just had sex um uh, which <gasps> premieres in here
2: Featuring Akon?
0: Featuring Featuring Akon. In our heads for days. Like, it just brings me back to a different time where I experienced most Lonely Island videos through Microsoft Outlook and group emails. Um, (laughs) Fun times. I
1: the sketches on this uh, episode, and there really aren't very many memorable ones. So, you know, it's... Just one of those. I did see an interesting thing though that there's one sketch wherein Bill Hader plays Julian Assange, and later on in like interviews he's talked about how in that episode in that sketch he had a full on panic attack on screen while it was live, basically. And so it would. I did not go back and watch that sketch to see if like I you could see anything weird going on, but yeah, he's talked about like really openly, like he had a full on panic attack on stage. Uh, it's kind of crazy.
0: I, I, yeah. I, I love being a part of a fan of that SNL generation who are all kind of my age and SNL nerds. So Bill Hader never gets tired of talking about his SNL experience. He knows how lucky <laughs> he is. Video games. Again, we'll go more in depth on this on our Patreon Um, once a month. Weirdly, some of the biggest games that come out this week are for uh, the iPhone, iOS, Asphalt 6, and Secret of Mana, where everybody wanted to play it. Uh, World of Keflings is out on XBLA, and I thought this was fun. We talked about it in a recent Laser Time. I forgot what it was called, but it is... Final performance is lost in games, and Michael J. Fox's last performance in a Back to the Future Anything is locked within Back to the Future the Game from Telltale. He reunites with Christopher Lloyd to play, I think, his old Marty McFly and talk to Doc. It's a really kind of a pretty moment that most people don't know exists, but it's kind of last time he ever truly played the role. Handed the oh. role of Marty McFly to a sound alike because he well, Marty Michael J. Fox is doing a bunch of interviews, the round of interviews lately, and saying, "Yeah, I'm just done with acting. I'm not going to embarrass myself anymore. I don't mind appearing in public, but I'm going to do shit for charity and just retire." And I say, "Good yeah. for you, Michael J. Fox. You're a good guy." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah with that that we have to talk about who died and who lived during this period who was born during this period of 30 2010 but i also got to tell you this show is is brought to you by ronald hayden executive producer by ronald hayden and many other fine people at patreon.com slash again your support uh, financial donations as little as five bucks a month uh really makes a huge difference when enough of you do it and we can't thank you enough so if you can't spread the word die where can people find you
2: they can find me on the Twitter at nerd, L E C I N E N E R D, or follow the show at Thirty Twenty Ten Podcast three zero two zero one zero Podcast. And coming up next week, God damn it, Coppola, you're scooping us again! Just when we thought we were out. <laughs>
0: oh no! I, what, which version oh, do yes. you want to watch? That
2: no theaters near me are open, so <laughs> I cannot watch the new cut of Godfather Three. But I will watch the. I theatrical hear, cut from 1990 i hear it makes we'll, no uh,
0: difference other than the intro Don't yep
2: worry about and it. i will read a comparison and we will discuss yeah also a very uh timely spy related movie with sean connery
0: oh yes you look at is this yes. does this one co-star Catherine zeta jones buttocks no you haven't nope. talked about that one a while back with that we got to talk about who who died during this period of 30 2010
2: ah oh, 2000 was a freaking massacre we lost everybody wow. uh I'll start with victor borga who was 91 uh he was a comedian slash classical pianist and that was like his act was pretty funny uh billy Barty who was 76 oh. uh he's a little person actor and activist uh pop staples who was 85 of uh, the staple singers and kirstie mccall is only 41 uh the irish singer who died rather heroically I, I knew she died in an accident but i did not realize she was diving in cozumel mexico uh, in an area that was roped off for diving and uh, an asshole millionaire in a speedboat came driving through she pushed one of her sons out of the way and got run over by the speedboat oh and was killed
1: God. oh my gosh i yeah. did not know i love kirstie mccall she's just a beautiful beautiful singer i did not know that's how it happened oh my gosh yeah. Yeah, I absolutely recommend her album, Tropical Brainstorm. It is so good. It's it's like a while back we talked about Shelby Lynn, how that's like my summertime at night CD. Tropical Brainstorm is my summertime during the day CD. It is so good and so cute and very cheeky. I love it. Yeah,
2: yeah a lot, so many of her songs have like a lot of humor. Is that the one yes. that's got like, there's a guy down my chip shop who says he's Elvis? Yes,
1: I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, I love that
0: song. And if I may speak for a second about Billy Barty. Please do. Back back to back. I, I think didn't he create like a, a union or a guild of little people actors before there was yeah. anyone looking out for their fucking interests? Billy Barty was there for you, man. One of the most famous uh, small actors on the planet. And for m- me at whatever age I was, the one two one year punch of UHF and Willow. Was absolutely wonderful. I rewatched those movies over and over and over and over again. I love you, Billy Barty.
2: And he he'd been at it since the 30s. Yeah, he was in everything.
0: Yes, he's in. um, He's even in uh, the Roddy Piper, Jesse Ventura, cop wrestling movie, Body Slam. Um, (laughs) 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 But with that out of the way, we got to find out who lived with the birthday quiz. Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo
2: Wow, I learned so much about this guy this week, I, I have a new appreciation for him. Turning 40, born December 19th, 1980 in Los Angeles, California, he is descended from a noble Swedish family, but raised Jewish. Now he's a Buddhist, which is actually really common for Jews to get interested in Buddhism, because they're both about, like, seeking understanding. Somebody
0: my age...
2: Both his parents are in the film industry. Uh, His mom got an Oscar nomination for writing Running on Empty. Damn good movie. And his dad directed the third-to-last episode of Twin Peaks.
0: Doesn't help at all, strangely. Um...
2: But he started acting as a kid, but his parents wouldn't let him have a large role in The Mighty Ducks because it meant too much time away from school.
0: So he's not in The Mighty Ducks? No, he's not. Okay.
2: He went to Columbia to study Eastern philosophy and then dropped out. And uh, not too long after that was a serious contender to play both Spider-Man and Batman.
0: Elijah Wood.
2: Nope guess, though. Who what
0: a guess? great Because he's not in The Mighty Ducks. <laughs>
2: okay, the films of his we have talked about. Some of these are such giveaways. Though. Okay, Homegrown, which is directed by his dad. Oh, fuck Brothers, me. Rendition, October Sky, oh. Prince of Toby Persia, The Sands of Time. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yep. Oh, he and Toby Maguire, it turns out, have they've been up for every single one of the same parts. Yeah.
0: Yes, producer and then
2: they're both in together in Brothers. So, yeah. yeah. We also talked about Love and Other Drugs and Zodiac. Yeah,
0: and, yeah, yeah. And allegedly together again in Spider-Man 3. Yeah.
1: when do we get to talk about Prisoners? I just, I'm dying to talk about that. Oh, I gosh. I, I think of another two, two years, three years. But okay. uh, yeah, I
2: did not know his, somewhere I read like, oh, his mom's a writer. And realized, Dude, Running on Empty with River Phoenix is like, a really good movie. I also, I did not know that, yeah, he was basically signed for Spider-Man 2. And that he was one of the finalists for uh, Batman Begins.
0: Yeah, they wow. kept they kept threatening to replace every time I think. Toby got a line and even Andrew Garfield like Jake Gyllenhaal can come in here any moment and take over for you. Turns out he's an okay Mysterio and apparently will somehow... Stop giving me Spider-Man yeah. 3 news, by the way. Like, some of that should be saved. <laughs> Whoever's throwing yeah. out all that gas You see,
2: that's part of why I liked him. That that casting in particular as Mysterio is being like, he's like a version of Spider-Man. Yeah, he's
0: alternate universe Spider-Man here to take because
2: revenge. Because he kind of is. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. And also, I mean, he's had only one Oscar nomination for Brokeback Mountain, but mm-hmm. Every critic's award ever and they none of them could
1: decide which one, but Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. That's my recommend. Nightcrawler mm-hmm. is so good and mm-hmm. so underrated. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I like a creepy Jill Hall. Yeah, man. That's my yep. favorite Jill Hall mode, is slightly creepy.
0: And I didn't oh, hate source then You're code. gonna
1: like one we get to talk about soon. Oh boy. It's kind of this creepy breakout.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. I know, <laughs> what are we gonna close out with, uh,
2: well, I feel like in honor of uh, Kirsty McCall and also because it is Christmas, let's play the single most popular Christmas song in the UK. It's like official for the last couple of years. Unfortunately, it's a one that's got a slur in it.
0: Yeah, I heard but... that. I, I, my, the, some of the UK groups I'm in were all just uh, in anger because I think they pulled it from a couple places this year because the, the language. Yeah,
2: a couple a couple stations are either bleeping out the the slur or they're. Mm-hmm playing it like an alternate version and then some places aren't and people are like dude just play it you know it's he's they're in character she's a terrible person that's why she's using that slur but it's mm. also truly a great christmas song yeah. <laughs> i love it even though it's about being drunk and in jail and on drugs and in an abusive relationship it's it feels like
0: christmas wonderful timestamp, and we have and it's n- by no means the most problematic christmas song that we have <laughs> but uh, with that uh, that'll be 30 20 10. thanks for listening check us out on patreon.com slash laser time tell a friend about the show thank you guys so much we will see you next week bye you were handsome you were pretty clean of New York City when the band finished, finished playing.
3: playing they held out for more so, Sinatra was swinging on the drums when we were singing swinging. we kissed on the corner then danced through the night the boys <laughs> of the Envoy Peony <laughs> Coil were singing going <laughs> back and the band a Christmas Day